Principal Matters Podcast Encore episode. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast. Each week, I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to bring you an encore episode on three tips for responding under pressure. As always, you can find my resources at my website at williamdparker.com. If you'd like to reach out to me by email, you can find me at will at williamdparker.com, at Twitter at williamdp, and Instagram at william underscore d underscore parker. I hope that you're having a great week. Thank you for doing what matters, and I'll talk to you soon. When I was in high school and college, my brothers and I worked part-time diving for mussel shells in the Kentucky Lake area, where I grew up in West Tennessee. And we would sell these shells by the pound at local markets, and those shells would in turn be sold to Japanese markets. And if you're not familiar with the shell market, they take pearly white cuts from these shells and implant them to grow cultured pearls and oysters. So it's an entirely different market than anything involving education, but it was how I paid for my first car and how I saved up money for college. And one day I was climbing across the bottom of the lake and probably 10 or 12 feet of water. I could only hear the sounds of my hissing breaths coming from my regulator. When I would find shells, I would place them in a net bag that I had clipped to one side of my weight belt and my regulator was clipped uh, to the other side. And visibility was always low in these lakes, so we didn't swim with tanks on our backs. Instead, we had a compressor and tank and filtered lines all connected in our boats. And I was connected to a 50-foot air hose taped together with a 50-foot line of rope and my regulator uh, being connected on a clip-on hook on my weight belt. At one end would be attached, the line would be attached to the boat at the other. So as I was working along, moving across the bottom of this lake, I'm sweeping the surface with my hands, but I'm pulling the boat along with me. Uh, as I go, because it's uh, because of the line clipped to my side. Well, on this particular day, I was moving along the bottom of the lake when suddenly I came up on a trot line. And this was a problem because above me somewhere, long fishing cords were stretched and weighted and floating uh, horizontally, uh, while in front of my face were the vertical lines interspersed with hanging hooks and baits. And if you've ever seen a trot line, you know this is how fishermen can fish by just dropping some floaters and some lines with with a long fishing line under the water with hooks hanging interspersedly throughout. And um, I didn't like cutting these, so I decided to maneuver around this trot line, and this is where I made my mistake. So hope you're staying with me. A few minutes later, I could feel a pressure pulling on my line. I tried to turn around and pull back at the hose, but it wouldn't move. So I stood up, and as I did, I saw that where there were a few hooks from this trot line that had snagged my airline. And for some reason, I decided that I should unhook my regulator line from my belt and I would hold the line in my hand and take out the hooks with my other hand. Now, this seemed reasonable. I wanted to do this because that way I wouldn't have to cut anything, but it was the wrong decision because as soon as I unhooked that regulator from my side, in a flash, the line jerked forward and I was left biting my regulator the, the rubber mouthpiece as hard as I could while the line was shaking with amazing force. And at the same moment, I realized I couldn't move forward because my back was tethered to something. And right then I realized that I had been hooked from the back by this trot line and my line had been hooked 
from another direction. It was being pulled away from me at the same time. So if this is hard for you to imagine, I want you to picture uh, standing in a room with two doors and you're standing with your back stapled to one door while your only source of oxygen is a hose hooked to a tank at the other end of the room by a second door. And someone opens that door and picks up your oxygen tank and begins walking away. And only your teeth hanging into the rubber mouthpiece is what's keeping your air source from being pulled away from you. So here I am 12 feet underwater in a cloud of mud and clay, and I'm being pulled from two directions at the same time. So with my free hand, I finally decided to reach for the knife that I had sheathed around my leg. And I began cutting at any tangled trot line that I could find. And soon I was free and I reattached the line to my belt and I breathed deeply and I began to follow the air hose line back to my boat. That's an experience that I have never forgotten. And just in case you're wondering, um, I didn't make light, lake diving my lifetime career. Uh, when I think back to the dangers that I put myself in at that age, I'm amazed because I would have such a hard time imagining my own children in those situations. But I also realize how lucky I am to be telling this story because um, there's a point, and it's this. If I had not been prepared ahead of time for what to do under pressure and water, I could have easily have never made it back to the surface alive. And I probably could have been in a scenario where even my practice didn't pay off, but in this case it did. So I, I want to talk about that today in terms of our own school leadership. You know, we don't face life and death situations every day in our jobs, although in some school leaders may, but we are faced with amazing pressures almost every moment. Sometimes that involves managing student safety. Sometimes it's resolving conflicts. Sometimes it's directing personnel policies. Sometimes it's prioritizing budgets. Sometimes it's observing teachers. Sometimes it's advocating with elected officials. The list goes on and on and on of the scenarios that we all face, the pressures that we all face, and, and all educators face different kinds of pressures in different settings. And sometimes in school leadership, you face many of them at the very same moment. I can remember one day, actually, where I had an elected official in my office who'd come to talk to me about some changes and upcoming legislation. And we were talking and visiting when I got a phone call. And there was a situation requiring police presence on my campus and my supervision. And I had to shake hands with, with this elected official and head out the door. And hours later, I'm following up to thank him for his visit because I had spent the rest of my afternoon investigating a situation, interviewing students, contacting parents, issuing school discipline, writing a police witness statement, all the things that school leaders face uh, occasionally in our jobs. So here's my, my question today. What kinds of pressures are you currently facing in school leadership? And do you ever feel like the weight of decision-making is threatening to drown you? If so, you're not alone. And as you face these pressures, today I just want to offer three quick takeaways from that diving story that I just told earlier that may apply to your leadership decisions that you're facing today. So let's just jump right in. Three things that I'd like you to take away in today's thoughts and conversation. Number one, anticipate the pressure. Practice for it and then lean on your training. I know that may seem very simple, but sometimes I think it's important that you keep in mind that the pressures are inevitable. But let me go back to my diving story for a moment. Long before I had begun solo diving, my older brother had been given the task of training me in safety. This involved having me completely suit up, connect while walking through demonstrations on the ground. And after being satisfied that I understood all these steps, then I was allowed to do test diving. And one important safety step included wearing a knife strapped to my left leg and practicing locating it and unsheathing it while being in full gear 
above water and then underwater for trial runs. And these were practice runs that very likely ended up saving my life later. You know, in school leadership, we often also grow through practice. And eventually you begin to find some of your responsibilities are being carried out almost by second nature. But most commonly, you're going to rely on your training and your experience as you remember the things that you've been taught, but also as you're learning through the process. So with that in mind, think about this. When possible, walk through some difficult scenarios before they happen. I think it's important to think about the kinds of crises that you may face in schools, whether that's an intruder scenario or having a difficult conversation or issuing a disciplinary action or instructional coaching. If you can practice and drill and debrief with others about these scenarios, then later when that situation happens in real life or you have a situation that's repeated, you can walk through them with more wisdom because you've been practicing. You know, for instance, uh, just about a week ago, we we practiced an an intruder drill at an unexpected time in our building right around lunchtime. Now, and this exposed all kinds of areas where we needed to better address our procedures for the next time. But it also gave us the opportunity to practice in a time that was unexpected and in a scenario in which we hadn't practiced before. So practicing, anticipating things that are happening, leaning on that training can help you when the situation arises. So number two. No matter what is happening, try to stay calm and work slow and steady. And sometimes I say, uh, fake it till you make it. So when difficult moments happen, uh, it is easy to begin losing your self-control. I can remember in my earlier years feeling like I was going to lose control, but staying cool under pressure is a big part of finding solutions. And there are still times now where that's hard for me too. I remember another story similar to my diving story that was told to me by an army recruiter. One day we were having lunch here at school and he was talking to me about when he did survival training, he was plunged into water in full gear in a controlled setting. And he knew others were standing there to jump in and help him. But when he plunged into the water wearing a hundred pounds of gear, the only thing that saved him was his training because he had been told in intense situations, relax and work slow and steady. So keeping a cool head, he carefully unzipped the jacket and piece by piece, he methodically removed the gear and all the outer garments before swimming safely to the surface. And in my own diving experience, although I was terrified of losing my air, I had to gather my thoughts, slow down so that I could take the next best step. So think about that in relation to your school leadership. Sometimes the best responses to intense situations are to slow down, take your time and deliberate. Let me give you an example. When encountering a difficult conversation in your office, Sometimes if you feel emotions beginning to rise, start taking notes. Put your thoughts in writing. If you're managing follow-up on a student conflict, have the students sit in separate locations. Require them to write out their thoughts before you begin assigning discipline. These examples show that you're not only providing important documentation, but you're also reestablishing a sense of self-control. You're de-escalating a situation by simply stopping and slowing down the process so that you don't miss out on important steps in finding a solution. And often it lowers the emotion. Now that doesn't work every single time. I've done this long enough to see times when that doesn't de-escalate, but more times than not, if you are willing to keep calm, slow down and work steadily, you'll find a stronger solution. Number three, gather appropriate tools in anticipation of possible scenarios. So just like practice is important, self-control is important. So are things like procedures, processes, handbooks, emergency plans, all of the tools that school leaders need to implement the right responses to given situations. 
Sometimes that may include form letters or Google Docs or Google Forms. It may be tools that include technology apps or programs for communicating like MailChimp or Remind or Twitter or Facebook if you're thinking about social media. Whatever it is, if you find yourself facing tasks that drain lots of time in your day, ask yourself the question, is there a more efficient tool for accomplishing this the next time? Let me give you an example. One tip that I've tried is setting a timer when reading my emails. If you're working against the clock with a preset amount of time, you often find the process much more thorough when you're focused. And often the window you give yourself is is the amount of time that you'll accomplish the task. So it doesn't always work, but it helps. The point is this, have the right tools and strategies available before scenarios arrive so they can help you successfully move forward when you're under pressure. You know, strong teachers do the same thing. They collect great tools for instruction over time, and we should be doing the same thing in administration. So over time, you'll gather more tools and you'll add those to your arsenal of solving possible scenarios. So let me wrap this up. You know, when I think back to the day that I was caught underwater while diving, I remember making it back to the surface, climbing into the boat and leaning back against the side of that boat with a prayer of thanks. And sometimes I have those same moments in school leadership. Uh, where I'm under intense pressure. And sometimes at the end of a day, I may just want to lean back with a sigh of relief and give thanks. But I want you to keep these ideas in mind when you're facing pressure, especially when you face the kind of pressure that makes you feel like you're about to, to drown under it. Number one, anticipate and plan for pressures. Number two, slow down your pace and try to keep your head. Number three, gather the right tools in place so that each time you're able to practice more efficiently. I know those are simple, simple takeaways, but I believe that when you continuously practice, when you continuously apply lessons learned, when you continuously gather tools for making your work more efficient, then over time you're going to see yourself moving forward and growing in your ability to manage under pressure. So now it's your turn. I know that times of pressure and stress are inevitable, and I would love to hear from you. What are some of the plans or practices or tools that you have to help manage when those times come your way? If you want to reach out to me by commenting on this post at my website at williamdparker.com, you can. Or if you want to reach out to me via Twitter at at WilliamDP or send me an email at will at williamdparker.com. 